Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is your tech report. We are back on your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo on social media. It is at your tech report. On with us right now is Jeff Ingram, who is the national training manager for a company, Mitchell, that I think you are familiar with. And that company is Samsung Canada. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. How has a virtual uh, CES been treating you? I know it's different for everybody. <laughs> some are loving it. Some are hating it. Yeah, it's a, it's a learning curve. That's for sure. I thought it, there would be more sort of virtual booths. But uh, you know what? The one nice thing is that I get to do this all from the comfort of my home and, you know, where I'm feeling more comfortable. Uh, but it, you know what? It is different. I certainly miss uh, being in Vegas for sure. Yeah, I think we do too, and we like we like the interaction. I think, especially in an industry where you can tend to be trapped in emails and at your desk, it's nice to be able to have that in person. So we always love the in person element. But I don't know, Jeff. For us, and we talked about this from a covering CES point of view, we we tend to think that we're so much more efficient. We get so much more done. We get so much more time with someone that's specific to what they want to talk about. When we do it this way, I feel like we could be more productive. I, I mean, obviously, we don't want the in person to go away, but I feel like we're so much more productive this way. Is it like? that for you too i think it's the all everything that goes with vegas the noise the crowds the pushing the excitement you know (laughs) we still have the excitement for sure but in a different way so you know what you get to be a little bit more focused in really what you want to talk about versus all those other distractions that are going on behind you and let's face it vegas has got some pretty wild stuff going on over there so it's good (laughs) to have that out of there as well you know, to paint a to paint a picture for people kind of tuning in now, when we walk into a Samsung booth at CES, oh my gosh. it's hard not to just kind of stand there for a couple minutes and take in all the all the visual candy that's going on. And it really is about televisions when you when you talk about Samsung at CES. Yeah, there's other stuff going on, and I know those are as important. But we want to talk <laughs> TVs today because you've got some really cool new technology on show. We've got micro LED, we've got uh, Neo QLED, uh, we've got lots of AI. There's 8K going on. Where would you even start? started the best. I mean, the micro LED technology is kind of the the future. You know, we introduced the wall, which was a a mammoth television that was basically modular that you could create your own size. But, you know, it was generally you would have to have a consultant. They would figure out the size. They would (laughs) basically be a three-day operation to actually set it up. But this year, we actually have something that you can just take out of the box and place it on your TV stand or hang it on your wall. So that's the excitement about micro LED is it now is coming to more consumers. However, it still carries quite a a big price tag. However, as with any new technology, you know, it might be a little bit expensive at the start, but the main thing is you're going to start to see pricing come down eventually. So micro LED is basically each individual pixel is its own light source, very similar to OLED technology. However, the big difference is there's no worry of 
screen image retention or burn in, and we can drive it, you know, over 2000 nits. And that's a hundred percent. That means the entire screen, every pixel turned on can be over, uh, you know, a, a thousand nits of brightness, uh, actually 2000 nits of brightness. So that's the exciting thing. And, you know, certainly we're really happy and excited to get more micro LED in consumers' homes. And, you know, that that's actually big news for a lot of consumers that don't really know. And I, I love that you're positioning it in a way that the average consumer can sort of appreciate these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one downside to OLED, as beautiful as the, you know, the great contrast is, has always been it's not as bright. And Samsung mm-hmm. has always had big, beautiful. I mean, Samsung pictures have always been so bright, pictures and color so accurate. So basically, you're getting the accuracy, uh, the contrast, the beautiful uh, HDR. And I'm sure the Dolby Vision goes along with it of, of the of OLED and the advantage of that picture with the brightness and even brighter than a traditional LED screen. So you're really combining the best of both worlds. Yeah, you are. And certainly, you know, to create that home theater experience or that big sporting event that you want to watch on TV, you want it to be bright and vibrant, not just at night, you know, but you also want to watch it on a bright Sunday afternoon where you may have a lot of light competing. So you need a TV that's going to be able to drive that higher brightness but again, that at night, being able to turn off every light in the room and have those pitch black uh, areas within the screen or inky blacks. Jeff, how much time goes into developing a television or new technology like this? Because I know that, yeah, we come to a CES and boom, it's on display. But this is probably not just, you know, the last couple months of development. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it does take a long time. And there's certain things that go behind the scenes that even I don't or or I'm not privy to. But certainly the wall, we did introduce it two years ago. And you know that going before that, we were developing that technology. So Samsung, one of the things about Samsung is that it's about innovation. You know, Samsung generally is the first company that's going to release new technologies and you know that's years of development leading up to it you know you're always hearing about different types of displays and sometimes you know you might hear about it and see it the following year sometimes you may not see it three years down the road sometimes you may not even see it at all because something else has come up in which we've developed to say you know what this is so much better than kind of what we were working on previously jeff one of the things i want to talk about and this is sort of big picture when it talks to when we're talking about television and technology and the consumer, mm-hmm. uh, speaking to the consumer, messaging to consumer becomes so challenging. And I think especially in the television world now, I think people are starting to approach consumer electronics or anything digital with that release uh, release ethic of smartphones, where mm-hmm. every year uh, something new comes out and something great comes out and I have to get this and I have to get that. But shopping for television is not like shopping for a smartphone, even though the prices have become oddly close these days. Mm-hmm. People are not going to get a new TV for their bedroom or for their family room every year, while they yeah. might get a new, while they might get a new, you know, s- smartphone every year. So, mm-hmm. communicating the the features that are important and getting stuff that isn't just good for you this year. Oh, I don't have to worry about it because next year I'm getting a new one. So, communicating those features that are important for a product that you're going to have for five, seven, maybe ten years mm-hmm. in this market is that sort of a challenge. Educating the consumer as to what is important for now, not only now, but what you might need two or three years from now when you still have this product. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, if the life cycle average is about seven years, and even then that TV doesn't get thrown out, it gets relegated to maybe the basement or a, right. maybe the a, a spare bedroom. Yeah. So it is important to think about the future. So when shopping for a TV, you know, yes, we have some newest and latest technology. So it's a balance for each customer to figure out how much they're willing to spend 
on not only enjoying the TV today, and they're still going to get great years of enjoyment, but also thinking maybe a couple years down the road, as an example, with 8K resolution, you know, as more and more content becomes available, you know, we have mobile phones that can shoot in 8K. The game consoles are capable of delivering 8K now. So now's a time where you maybe start thinking about, maybe I should invest in 8K so that when more and more content becomes available, I'll be able to enjoy that resolution, especially in those larger screen sizes. And also keep in mind that, you know, we're always trying with TVs is, you know, adding features, even though you bought it this year, some new features, we can't do it all the time due to processors and whatnot. But sometimes we want to give consumers features that we're introducing this year, maybe for their TV that they purchased last year. And a good example of that would be something like AirPlay, a feature that we introduced last year, but we made it compatible with TVs that were two and three years old uh, before AirPlay was featured on our 2020 TV set. So yeah, definitely a balance of giving customers stuff today, but also making sure that they're going to be excited about the future and what their TV can do. Jeff, what what drives a decision to launch televisions that have technology, future-proof technology like 8K? Because clearly the market, when you talk about content creation, isn't necessarily there yet. We see mm-hmm. some things trickling down the market. So you, we end up with this chicken before the egg you know, syndrome where we're not sure who's going to jump on it first. But this year, everybody's jumping on 8K. So clearly there's a commitment there on the television market to make that, you know, that that available so that I guess hopefully it drives the creation side of things a long way. Yeah, and I'm happy with working with Samsung because we generally start many of those trends. So with innovation, you know, we we know that to get that content, we got to be sort of the leaders. And this is our third generation, actually technically fourth generation of 8K TV. So we've been at this wow. for a while. So the more 8K TVs that go into consumers' homes, the more, you know, service providers and content creators start thinking about delivering this. And you got to think about how it's getting more competitive with, let's say, video streaming services. You've got such a wide range of video streaming services. How do you get an edge one over the other? And sometimes it's about not just the content, but maybe giving something to uh, the customer that the others may not be able to do. And that could potentially be something like 8K resolution, offering four times better picture quality than a competitor in that streaming platform. Well, you know, this is a perfect segue because this is my next question anyway, but we're talking about it now. Let's talk about AI upscaling. Mm -hmm. And for me, you should know that sitting right now in my bedroom, again, we're getting to Creepiesville, is my four-year-old Samsung, I believe it's an 800 series, um, fantastic 4K television, beautiful TV I've had and still looks as good as it did the day that I got it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until this television that upscaling became something because four years ago, yes, there was still 4K, but having that content to be able to upscale a regular show that was not being broadcast in 4K and still get that crisp, beautiful picture. So upscaling becomes a huge issue. Talk about the AI upscaling and the new television Samsung has coming out. Yeah, the the upscaling is absolutely critical. You know, it's like the engine that drives the car. You know, you need to have a good engine. And now when you're talking about not just 4K resolution, when so much content out there is still, you know, 480i or, you know, 720p, not even full HD, the importance of upscaling is very critical. And especially on an 8K TV, when you're talking about upscaling up to 33 million pixels of information, you know, that's a massive amount of data. And and you just need to have an engine that is capable of, you know, cleaning up the imaging, uh, the images, making them look a little bit sharper, 
adjusting the color because there's a limited color space that those older programs are using as well. So there's so much going on in terms of just the upscaling alone, never mind some of the other features when it comes to audio, some of the smart TV features uh, about, you know, calculating and how you're using the backlight control to what you see on the image on the screen. So there's so much that goes on sort of in the background. It's not just about the picture coming in and cleaning it up and upscaling it. There's so much more. And certainly Samsung, you know, one of our biggest industries is semiconductor technology. And that gives us an advantage over many others to be able to give you a better picture. You know, you can have some of these, you know, great technologies and high resolution and different backlight control, but it's the processor that controls everything, which is why it's so critical. This is one of those arguments that we have all the time about, you know, when a company, you know, designs their own chips, you know, they're designing it for their software and their hardware and their AI and everything that goes along with it. Uh, we, we didn't touch on the on the Neo QLED. How does mm-hmm. that fit into the picture in terms of the lineup? So Neo is going to be we're using a what's called quantum mini LED. So it's a different type of backlight control. They're much smaller. They're actually almost, they're so tiny that, you know, you can fit hundreds of them just on the tip of your finger. So these are basically LED lights that we can make smaller with Samsung and we place them behind the screen. That's going to give us better control over uh, black levels and color, meaning that we can minimize the blooming effect that uh, may occur on certain LED TVs. And we can drive better brightness. You know, everything about the image quality is going to look that much better. Contrast, basically your deepest blacks to your brightest whites, that's the biggest thing affected by this new technology. And our Neo QLED is, you know, it starts with the backlight. Now there's so many more things that make up a Neo QLED, but the critical component is that new backlight control. And you, you you'll, what, you'll hear a yeah. lot of mini LEDs from different manufacturers, but Samsung, you know, we wanted to make sure that it was right for us to deliver the, the best picture we can produce. And I think people are going to be very excited about what you're going to see with this new technology. You know, this this kind of naturally brings me to the next question, which is uh, I think we can tell, especially over the last year uh, with COVID, people are consuming differently. Mm-hmm. They are consuming entertainment differently. Uh, they use their televisions differently. Usually, television used to be sort of a boilerplate thing. You have your you have your traditional cable. You have your traditional satellite, or you know, plugged in. God forbid to you know the roof mounted HD antenna, and you consume. You consume traditional television. Well, traditional television and that model has transitioned to the streaming world big time. Uh, and to the point where all the some of the best shows on television now are not watched in a traditional way. We are used to the streaming model. So this new way that people consume media, mm-hmm. has it affected the way that you design televisions with the streaming world in mind? Has that changed the development and what goes into making a television for broadcast or versus a streaming world? Absolutely has. Uh, you got to look at the world we live in now. The, the TV has to be more than just a TV, you know, from a streaming, your streaming services. So making sure that you have in your smart TV platform, the providers that consumers want. You also have to have things like gaming. You know, gaming is such a huge industry right now. So making sure you have the right features for that gamer that wants to get the most out of their television. Gyms are closed. So how do you get your workout and stay in shape and stay healthy? Well, Samsung has a solution with a Samsung personal trainer built inside the TV, as well as our Samsung health app. So you can bring the gym home 
and be able to, you know, monitor your health and stay in shape. You know, the family, uh, work, you know, PC to uh, television, being able to uh, conference calls. You know, we're going to have some great features where you can use that type of uh, platform to be able to communicate. And then you also have, um, you know, just design of the product. You know, people are placing more TVs in different rooms because everybody's home. So, you know, whereas the typical one TV that may have been in the living room, well, now, you know, dad's downstairs watching his sport. So he needs a TV. And, you know, Betty, who's in her bedroom, she wants to be able to do what she wants to do with her social media and watch some things on uh, YouTube. So she needs a display. And each of those rooms needs something different. It can't just be a square box. So, you know, Samsung has a complete lifestyle category of products that either mimic looking like a picture frame or can have a rotating screen in the Cerro or even have a TV that can be placed outdoors with the terrace. So uh, we have a wide range of products that really fit into every type of consumer's home and different rooms. Tell me about the Cerro for a second, because this is a television that you can rotate it 90 degrees and it becomes landscape mode, uh, sorry, portrait mode. And when we first saw that, we're like, what's the use case for that? But now <laughs> exactly. that it's been out for a while, what have you seen people using this for? There's uh, certainly for the mobile centric user, someone who loves to consume, you know, social media, being able to see programs the way they were recorded. You know, let's face it, you know, I, I used to always sort of get on my wife's case about always filming in a portrait mode. You know, yeah, it used to always be, well, I can't if I want to watch this on TV, you got to turn me sideways. Crazy. Turn the phone over. Turn the phone. <laughs> yeah, and I do. I would constantly be on her about that. Now she's got an excuse because we have a TV that you can just view the content the way it was recorded. Um, you know, we've seen the Cerro used in a wide range of applications, you know, small businesses, car dealerships, Dashboards restaurants. Yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, it's almost like a dashboard, a, a, you know, a, the limit, the, you know, what you can do with the Cerro, it kind of breaks down those boundaries of the typical 16 by nine rectangular ratio, you know, you, and you, know, you got to think that, you know, introducing this product, who knows how, you know, media is going to be created in the future. And again, that's Samsung innovation sort of leading. No one else would even dare try bringing out a product like that. Uh, Jeff, so many things uh, that we could, you know, dive into, but I know everybody's time is limited. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We'll have you on again, I'm sure, down the road. And as you said, the cycle for these televisions tend to update uh, a lot quicker with software being able to be updated down the road. So we look forward to seeing what else Samsung has to bring. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Jeff Ingram from Samsung Canada, talking all about TVs, but other announcements from Samsung as well, as we talked about off the top of the show, including the S21, the Ultra, and all those fun brand new devices. Hey, guys, we've got a great show continuing in just a moment. We're talking all things CES, as we will for the next couple weeks, probably. Uh, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's wrap things up with Dell and Alienware. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy is something you do. 
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.